Welcome to a brand new episode of The Break. I am Father Roderick. It is still summertime. I'm on vacation. But thanks to the magic of my DeLorean time machine, I'm bringing you this brand new podcast from the past (laughs) back into the future. This episode is brought to you thanks to my patrons over at patreon.com slash Father Roderick. And those patrons hopefully enjoy all the new content that I am uh, bringing to their their personal podcast feed. Um, if you become a patron, then there is always a link when once you subscribe that you can then add to your podcasting software. And then every week you will receive exclusive podcasts. Um, and so for the $5 and more tiers, you get my, my premium show, my flagship show, Story Secrets, in which I do deep dives into various movies and television series. So I am currently working on a, a, a rewatch of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I'm going to do all the episodes and to go over all the details and the 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 subtle messages and the the things that you may not have noticed if you're just watching it for entertainment. So that's a lot of fun. And then for all patrons, there is a short version of Story Secrets in which I talk about episodes of television shows. It can be anything. It can be animated cartoons, it can be a movie, it can be a, a documentary. It can be a, a regular television series, it can be a comedy, a drama. But what I try to do is to apply lessons learned from those episodes to my own personal life. And, uh, and that's another way of, of, of showing certain hidden layers in these stories. Because stories are always carriers of values, of lessons, of, of life experience. And that's one of the reasons that I love to read. Reading helps me to expand my horizon and to live lives that I will never live for real, but through the, the, the eyes of the narrator, the author, uh, by following the lives of these fictional people. I can still learn from their experiences and their interaction, and and for me, that's that. In that respect, book reading or or, or watching television show, shows all falls under the same category of expanding your horizon. I barely ever watch stuff just for entertainment. There, there, there's always something more. Of course, I I do like to watch an episode of The Simpsons, and it's for fun and it makes me laugh. And same thing with Big Bang Theory. But even in the Big Bang Theory, there are always certain themes that make me think, and so that's what I'm doing maybe it's just how I'm wired but I figured why not just share that and start a conversation over all these shows that we like to watch and it also enables me to broaden the kind of shows that I talk about um and and I will never start an entire YouTube channel dedicated to the to the Big Bang Theory or whatever comedy series and yet I still want to talk about it and there's still food for thought that is why i'm happy to do that with these uh, story secret shorts and i hope you you enjoy that now for those of you that are not part of the patreon community it's not too late (laughs) it's it's still open uh, but you have to hurry (laughs) no i'm just kidding but uh i'd love i'd love it if you could join that community but otherwise i hope you you also enjoy all the public content that i produce this podcast but also the the documentaries the the vlogs the the content the reviews the commentary on my various youtube channels and and the stuff that i post on social media speaking of which i'm really happy to be filming in italy that's one of the things i will 
never um, economize upon when I pack my bags. You know, I travel light, so I only have a small bag with me, but I'd rather leave home a couple of socks than my camera. I always take my camera with me, and I'm already looking forward to editing uh, whatever I'm going to film in Italy when I'm recording this. I don't know exactly what that's going to be. It, it always comes together. There are always adventures. There are always places to discover um, that I'm going to film. And every year, I I can use the experience of previous years to film better. And this year, I'm definitely going to put more effort into interviewing people. That's always much more fun than showing the viewer around myself, because what do I know? But by interviewing others, uh, it just becomes more interesting. So hopefully uh, you will be able to, uh, to see the results of that at one time in the future. And when I'm back... It's going to be, unfortunately, already almost the end of summertime, and I'm going to prepare for fall when I'm going to be living much more inside because of the weather and, and whatnot. But one of the projects that I hope to realize in the fall and also in the winter is to finally build my Lego city. You know that I have my my chapel, which used to be my bedroom, and so I moved my bedroom to what was supposed to be the Lego room, where I hoped to have a little Lego city. Um, and so I am hoping that in the fall and in the winter we can move into the church for Sunday Mass, which, by the way, you can subscribe to on YouTube by going to youtube.com slash Sunday Mass, and then you will get, even if you go to your local parish, you may still uh, be interested in in the, the homilies because... They're probably not like your regular Sunday homily. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But hopefully we'll be able to move that into the church, into the real church, so that I get an extra room. And that's where I hope to build my little Lego city. It's not going to be very big, but I remember um, when I was at uh, Rob Cubasco's uh, place, he had uh, the same IKEA, very cheap IKEA tables in a U-form, and, and that allowed him to actually put a lot of Lego stuff on those tables uh, on display. And I think that when I left, he actually started building a real Lego city there, including a train and everything. And I was like, wow, if, if you can do that in such a small space, then yeah, I could probably do that myself too, because my, my bedrooms are very, very small. And one, one wall has a door, so you can't use that one. Another one has closets, so you can't use that one. And the other one has a window. So there's only basically one wall that is available. But if I can strategically position the, the tables in a U-form, then maybe I can, I can create something that is, that's really um, fun to, well, to build and also to, um, to show off. Because it's one of the things I, I, I think will be very cool to share on my Lego channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash brickpriest. Um, and and it's, it can also become a, a virtual film set for the little Lego educational videos that I hope to make in the future. So that's just one of my fall plans and probably won't have time. It's, it's always the same. <laughs> when I'm on vacation, I have plenty of projects and then I get back home and I'm confronted with all the other commitments that I have. And it's like, yeah... Maybe, maybe next year. In the list of vegetables that I'm not a fan of, it's not just 
red cabbage, but it's also celery. I don't like celery. I don't know why. Well, actually, I do know why. It's one of those vegetables that, as a child, we were more or less forced to eat <laughs> when it was on the menu. It was always raw celery. And what I didn't like was the stringy aspect of it. So when you cut it into pieces, it, you know, the taste itself is a bit onion-like. It's not really very pleasant. But then it has these, these little stringy threads and in, in, in when you chew it, it, it it's like ugh, it's as if there's wire in your in your mouth and I really really didn't like it my mom used to put it in 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 salads or or even eat it as a snack with a dipping sauce and eh, never cared for it but I had a bunch of celery and I was wondering what to do with it and the only thing I know how I can process celery in a way that I will actually eat it is to make soup of it, which is kind of a bit weird. doesn't seem like the best soup material, but it is. You cut it into small pieces. That will break up those those threads, you know, the, the wiry part of the plant. And then I just put it in, uh, in, in chicken stock, or you can use vegetable stock or whatever. I, I kind of like the extra flavor, the hearty flavor of the chicken stock. And then you just cook it, and then you just... Use a blender to turn it into a, a very nice soup. It's healthy. It's rather tasty. It's nothing special. I mean, it's, 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 I, I can't eat much of it, but it is a way to get rid of all the celery in my fridge. <laughs> when in doubt, make soup. I do not like movies. They're predictable. Like, the guy gets the girl, and that kid sees dead people, and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking... Puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. I'm going to give it to you. It looks like Moon Knight is going to get a second season. This was unexpected because uh, originally everybody was just under contract for one year. Uh, and and, and I, I kind of liked what they did with Moon Knight. I love that they hired an Egyptian director to direct this, you know, Egyptian story. And just as they did with Kamala in um, in the uh, uh, Adventures of Miss Marvel, where they showed us the Pakistani culture and uh, Muslim religion from the perspective of the main character. Um, and they do it in a, in a realistic way. It's, it's not just a, like, cartoon, exaggerated version of it. Um, I love that because it's it's a way for us to get to know that culture in the context of a, a a type of story that we are more or less familiar with as a superhero story. And so for Moon Knight, I really liked that we went to Cairo and and you see the city as it truly is, more or less, of course. But it's it's not exaggerated. It's not the the, the typical Egyptian cliche stuff that you would see in a movie like The Mummy. And so, uh, I, I, for my part, I'm excited that we get another season. And I also really liked uh, the, the, the overall character of Moon Knight, especially this whole idea that it's something, someone who is suffering from multiple personality disorder and, and sometimes these unexpected personalities emerge and, and take over. Um, and I thought they did it in a, in a good way. It wasn't just uh, a 
story device. It it, it created intrigue. It, it and also showed they showed the traumatic side of 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 this character, um, and 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 hints at what he has gone through that resulted in this severe uh, split personality syndrome. Um, yeah, I thought they did a good job. Visually, I liked it. I, I really liked it, just the, the overall design of, of, of Moon Knight and then the fact that it, it, his costume and his appearance depend on the, the personality that is currently in charge. <laughs> I thought it was a brilliant idea. So I am excited that we're going to see another, uh, another series, if, 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 of course, this rumor is going to be proven. Um, and I also like that it's very different from the overall MCU right now. The this new phase of MCU seems to be all about the multiverse. But I I don't know about you, but I'm already a little bit bored by the whole multiverse thing. It's uh, visually it's cool, but once you've seen it in uh, in Doctor Strange, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. It just. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm just give me a good story, some good characters. The multiverse itself is, uh, it, it was a cool idea, but they've overused it. That's that's how I feel. So, I'd I'd rather have just a regular story about you know Moon Knight and whatever problems he he uh, encounters. <laughs> hey, I wanted to give a tip about a, an interesting YouTube channel by Warner of all of all companies. I'm I'm not a big fan of Warner Brothers uh, in the way that they deal with their fans i feel like they are um they're they're very disconnected uh much more than lucasfilm is or disney um and or or uh or marvel for that matter i think that they're much more tied into the fan culture and it seems to me like warner and uh paramount also to a lesser extent they, they always seem to be a little bit uneasy with the fan admiration and and the way that fans use the material and their intellectual property in their own productions in their own youtube reviews etc warner immediately puts out copyright claims and and it feels to me that that they just don't listen to what the audience wants but of course they still are the holders of many interesting uh franchises one of which is uh, uh the, the the original lord of the rings trilogy and so on their youtube channel I didn't know that. I, I thought it was just a collection of trailers for upcoming se- series and, and movies. But they also post behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, for instance, and this I don't know if this comes from the Blu-rays or the DVDs. It's been a long time since I watched uh, those uh, expanded editions. But they've been posting a number of, of uh, short videos about the costume design in the original Lord of the Rings uh, series, and and I think it's it's great. Just listen to this this fragment about uh, Gandalf the White and how they approached the the design of his white costume. Action! What are you two? Go back to the shtetl. This is Gandalf the White, of course. This was a tough one because how do you follow on from Gandalf the Grey and how do you create this version of Gandalf? Well, what we wanted was a much more virile. Gandalf. And it was certainly how Ian McKellen viewed the character in this guise. I mean, he wanted to be able to fight. He wanted to be able to move. What we didn't want was the volume in the costume that we had had in Gandalf the Grey. The other thing that I wanted to do was to impart a little more elven quality so that we had a sense of him being part one foot in another world. 
We use some very beautiful fabrics in this. Again, they're quite subtle and the immediate version to the eye of this is just a cream costume. But it has a lot more happening than that. These designs here on the sleeve, elven designs, which is repeated through Elrond and other characters, so it's just been reworked into this costume. And then the undergarment is very much an elven fabric, which tied him into the elven world. This immaculately embroidered gown can never be seen. There's no point in doing it, other than <laughs> uh, making me believe as I put them on that they're real clothes, which I do. We started with a, a T-shirt, then we had a shirt, then we got a robe, three layers. But they never came up with any decent underwear for Gandalf. They did try. <laughs> very, very interesting behind-the-scenes stuff on the Warner Brothers Entertainment uh, YouTube channel. Highly recommended. And I think this must come from the, from the, from the Blu-rays, but it's been such a long time since I watched those. I, maybe I should just do a rewatch of The Lord of the Rings as well. Maybe I can do that for Story Secrets. That would be cool in preparation for the, the Rings of Power series, which also, I think, visually with costume design is going to win awards because it's also, you know, Weta Studios. They're also involved in this. Um, so I can't wait to see the extra material for uh, and the behind-the-scenes stuff of that series. I'm, I'm sure it must be coming. And uh, I wish there was a museum dedicated to these movies because... There is so much. They, they created so much stuff. And yes, you, you can see sometimes parts of it in um, like traveling expositions and there will be pieces here and there on display. But I think this warns a, a museum just as much as, as Star Wars does. I, I think that, that wasn't George Lucas working on a museum where he would also put like Star Wars stuff. Now it's all in his archives. But I, I enjoyed the Mandalorian exposition that they organized in, in Anaheim during the, the Star Wars convention, the Star Wars celebration, so much. I think there, there is a, an absolutely an opportunity for them to, uh, to show off that the, all this craftsman, craftsmanship and, uh, and to get up a close and personal. And what Ian McCallum says is a lot of the clothes that they made so skillfully, you will never see them because it's undergarments. They're just there. And it's their perfection. And, and that's true also of a lot of the, 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 the shields and the swords and, and the jewelry. You may just see it in passing in the distance very, very, very dimly, but it's all handmade and, and I think deserves to be on display and, and should be on display. Anyway, here's hoping. I was woken up by a TikTok video that I saw of a man who showed and calculated how much he lost, how much money he lost on electricity generated or consumed by devices on standby. And he showed his microwave, his television, a computer in sleep mode instead of completely off. All those devices, if you added it up, it amounted to... 
to to a lot of money. I don't know exactly how much it would be in my case, but I do notice that I have a lot of stuff on standby. My TV, my my Xbox. Um, I've got the not really the microwave. I don't think that consume. Although there is a clock in the microwave, maybe it is on standby power. Definitely the printer here. I I, I use the printer maybe once a month. Because every, everything is digital. Yet that thing, I can still see the green light on it. The Wi-Fi connection is on. The, the, my PC, my old PC that I use, because nowadays I work on, on the MacBook Air, which actually I like because it's super energy efficient. It, it doesn't consume much. So one of the reasons that I went for a, for a laptop and for a, a Macintosh is that, that uh, their, their overall power consumption, even on standby, is extremely low. Um, but I still have my old PC in the other room, and I use it to play video games because, yeah, th- th- it's still a very good machine for that. And I also use it for my Plex server. So Plex is a, a piece of software that enables me to stream videos that I have on my hard drive to my TV downstairs. And it, it works really, really well. But the problem is I oftentimes, when I watch something on Plex on the TV downstairs, after that I go to bed and I forget to turn off the PC and it's just one of those big, you know, powerful PCs that has a f- multiple fans. And if it's on, it's not even on standby. It consumes a lot of energy, especially the graphics card. And so I, I just forget to turn it off. And I think that's true for a lot of stuff on standby. And now, So now I'm wondering if there is a way to easily... Of course, I can turn off everything by hand. But I know that I'm going to forget. Or I'll do it for a few days and then I just... Uh, it's too much hassle, but there have to be there has to be a, a, a technological solution for this. I don't know, maybe a, a device that you can plug into the plug that will turn off things automatically. The thing is, I, I want something that is programmable and that I can also easily turn on when I need the device. Um, and of course, I, I also want to be able to separate between devices that always have to be on standby. Like, for instance, my my Google Home system. I, I oftentimes wake up in the middle of the night and I uh, want to have um, like an update on I don't know the temperature in the house or turn on the lights and something like that. I also use Google Home for home security, so it's connected to the the cameras, my security cameras, camera in the in the doorbell. So that has to be always on. So it. I can't just turn off all the electricity in the house. Uh, the fridge also would be a problem because if that turns off, then uh, I'm going to have a lot of a big pool of water in my in my in my kitchen the next morning. But there have to be solutions for this. So if you know of any, let me know because it sounds like such a an easy way to save uh, electricity and thereby also to save uh, a lot of money. Um, so again, if you, if you have any tips, let me know. When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? One of the series that I want to read in this well, remaining part of the summer is a trilogy written by Fonda Lee. It's uh, a trilogy called... Uh, well, the first book is called Jade City. I picked these ones, uh, these books up uh, on uh, during a sale. There was a sale on the Amazon Kindle store, and what I ter- nowadays do often is 
so on, on, on the Amazon Kindle store, they put, usually when there's a series of books, they put the first book on sale, and then you have to buy the other ones at full price, because that's the way they lure you in. You get the first book, you start reading, and then you get involved in the story. You want to know how it ends, so you buy the, the other two books in full price. But oftentimes, when you go to the Google Play bookstore, um, you get the same books, but then they will all be on discount, and or at least almost always cheaper than on the Amazon Kindle store. And uh, an additional re- reason that I like the Google Play Store is that it is very easy to let your Android device read to you. Um, and, and this is how I read uh, a number of the uh, Wheel of Time books while running. I just, it's not an audiobook, but I let just my phone do do the work and it reads to me and it's, it, it's a very neutral voice. It's a bit computerized, but it works. Uh, because it's so neutral, it helps me to focus more on the book. It's not a performance. So I actually really like that for, um, for audiobook reading. And so I picked up the, the Jade, what is it, Jade, Jade Trilogy. And um, nowadays, authors often make like a little book trailer in which they promote their book. And I found this two-minute book trailer by the author, Fonda Lee, uh, in which she tells us what this series is about. I'm Fonda Lee, and I'm the author of Jade City. Jade City is a gangster fantasy saga that has been described as the godfather, but with magic and kung fu. And it's set in an Asian-inspired fantasy metropolis. You've often heard the phrase, write the book, that you want to read. So for me, Jade City really is the book that I couldn't find that I wanted to read. And it's this mix of these things that I love. So it has Asian history and culture, it has martial arts, it has this family saga and all these um, just complex relationships. This mix, I guess, of all these things that really inspired me. I think that's what really excites me. So Jade City was inspired in part because I'm a martial artist and I've been training in martial arts since I was 13 years old. I have two black belts in two different disciplines and I'm also a big fan of martial arts films. And I noticed that the characters in these films could do things like fly and run up walls and punch through concrete. And I, after 20 odd years of training, could not do any of those things, and my instructors were way more accomplished than me, couldn't either. So in a way, Jade City was wish fulfillment fantasy for me as well, to create a world where those powers existed. If I had to pick my favorite character to write in Jade City, I'd probably have to go with Hilo, because I have this soft spot for the impulsive, hot-headed, emotional people in novels, and it's probably because I'm not like that. I'm much more the planner and the analytical uh, overthinker. And so I'm really, I really gravitate towards writing characters that just shoot off the cuff. If I had to say which character in Jade City would most like me, it would have to be Shay. Not just because she went and got an MBA, but because um, she has just the way that she thinks and the way that um, she reacts to some of the things that happen in the book. Um, her thought process. Uh, there were just so many things about her that I could relate to. So that was a little trailer, um, and it sounds good. Uh, kind of an oriental setting. It's urban, it's modern. Uh, there is uh, kung fu and karate and magic, and it's like a, like a crime mafia type of story. 
It sounds really fascinating and I can't wait to read it and tell you all about it. And with that, I think it's time for our last segment. (laughs) We are on the cutting edge of technology. Wow. Well, what does that mean? Let's plug it in. It's going to say, hey, I see you plugged in a new device. And it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built... Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff, it just ends in disaster. But there is one more thing. And that one more thing is AI art, artificial intelligence art. Now, you may have heard about the great progress that that is made recently um, when it comes to to generating images based on on just words, on a description. Let's say I want to see a bird drinking a cup of coffee on St. Peter's Square. Google has has been working on 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 programs where you can just type that in, and it will actually create a photorealistic picture of exactly that. And and, and, and there are amazing uh, examples of that. Unfortunately, that is still not available to the general public. You can, you cannot um, use that. But what I've seen, the demos are are just mind blowingly impressive. But this can also be very interesting for art. Uh, you can you can create things in the style of a certain author, the painting style, the the, the color, the, the style of a Van Gogh or a, a Salvador Dali, and but create new art that the artist himself or herself would have never dreamt of. Now, of course, this also has a, a bit of a intellectual property issue. Like if you are an artist known for a certain style, would you like it if an algorithm can mimic you and can imitate that art in a way, but but then create something that you have not any part in, uh, let alone that you make any money with that? Because if this if this can also be applied, for instance, to music, and in a way it already is happening, where computers are composing music where they know that it's going to please, that it's, that it's trendy, that people are going to like it. There's a lot of that AI stuff already happening in the music industry. Uh, but what if it starts to emulate styles of famous musicians or even completely generated voices, which is a technology that's already here? Uh, I saw some very convincing demos of, um, I think it was a member of a boy band in Japan who died or Korea, and then they... they computer generated his voice and created a whole new album with this deceased actor uh, or actor uh, this disease deceased artist and well speaking of actors that may also happen where where in the future thanks to ai you can basically revive anyone any performance and and apply to new stories there are a lot of ethical and also financial uh, uh, legislative uh, issues with that. But the technology as such is fascinating. So I found this one website where you can actually dabble around with this a little bit more and and try out some stuff. It's uh, usually a very, very busy website. So sometimes you type something in and um, and it's, it will say that all the servers are busy. But you can go to hypnogram.xyz. So that's hypnogram. H-Y-P-N-O-G-R-A-M dot X-Y-Z. And then it asks you, what do you want to see? So for instance, I typed in, I want to see a bird with a top hat in Art Deco style. I clicked on Generate. 
and, and there's this abstract painting that actually looks really cool. It's a very small picture because, of course, they want you to spend money to get like a high-resolution picture that you can print. But And it shows something that evokes a bird. It's not exactly a bird, but it does have contours of a bird, and, and it has something that immediately makes me think of a top hat. And it's, it's, it's in this Art Deco style. It's, it's fascinating. I'll, I'll post uh, the, the picture in the show notes uh, if you want to take a look. And I did that also with uh, some other stuff. Not everything is convincing. So I had, like, show me a picture of the Pope on the beach eat, dr- sipping a drink. And, and it, it was just weird. It looked, it was like nightmarish. It didn't work at all. But it, it seems to do well with simple phrases. So I asked for a watercolor uh, picture of a cat and a dog dancing in the rain. And I really loved the result. It looks so charming. And it's not really a, a, an exact dog or cat. But if you see it, you immediately, your brain tells you, yeah, this is a cat and a dog. And looks like at least a cat is dancing and and it's cool i also had superman flying over the vatican now that was a weird result you see a backdrop that kind of looks like a super abstract painting of 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 saint peter's square and then uh, the sistine chapel on the right and then you have a strange kind of crucifix thing but it has the colors of superman so it's got this dark blue and a red cape and it's like flying over those buildings it's 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 very abstract but it's it's because it's art it kind of works so the flaws of this ai technology not being photorealistic at least not this this particular software um but because it's 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 art it actually the the weirdness factor helps it and and makes it more interesting so wow i i this was addicting i've been trying out so many different things and and not everything as i said works but it is just an amazing website to just play around with and this is just the early stages can you imagine where this will be 10 years from now amazing times that we live in and that wraps it up for this episode of the break with father roderick next week i'll be back from italy hopefully with uh, some new stories to tell. And I want to end up and end this episode with uh, the thought of the week. And this one is by, I suppose, Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu. An ant on the move does more than a dozing ox. Keep that in mind when you think that what you do is insignificant. That it's just as important to the course of the world is an ant walking around well a moving ant still does more than this big ox that's just sleeping in the grass alright thank you for the privilege of your time thanks to my patrons for their support and thanks for being part of this wonderful community talk to you soon God bless